before we begin, I want to give you a little test. Don't worry, it's not hard at all. I'm actually going to play a series of sounds, each belonging to a part of California's environment. Your job is to figure out which one doesn't belong with the others. Simple, right? I bet you thought that last one was an outlier. That was the sound of a skate park, and California is home to some of the most notable skate parks in the world, promoted by all the pros, and backed up with lots of funding to keep the park in top condition. Take for instance Venice Skate Park in Santa Monica, Van Skate Park in Los Angeles, Fremont Skate Park in Fremont, you name it, we have it. I was born and raised in California. I have breathed the crisp air of California. Explored the sprawling redwood forests. Been stuck in Silicon Valley traffic. And smelt the salt and foam of the Pacific Ocean. But I have also skated everything from skate parks to streets. It's nearly impossible to go a day without seeing someone riding some sort of skateboard or even wearing vans. The skate culture has engulfed the atmosphere of the Golden State, yet there are many limitations on street skating that restrict skaters from enjoying the true benefits of their hobby. Why are skate parks filled to the brim with occupants, and yet the streets are so void of skaters? Why do schools prohibit skating, but allow bikes? More importantly, why is it that most of the youth skaters are unable to continue what they love doing because of pushbacks from their school or common stereotypes? I'm Bombas Christopher a skater from San Francisco, California. And in this podcast, I will explore the future of skating. I will also investigate just what makes skating prohibited in both schools and in the public, and what solutions could be formulated to help the youth carry on with their boarding. Before we dive into skateboarding, let's skate back to the past. Skateboarding originated in the late 1940s in Long Beach, California. Surfers, who couldn't catch waves during the windless seasons, were tired of stopping their hobby for Mother Nature. So what did they create? You guessed it, skateboarding. Originally skating was called sidewalk surfing, as the boards closely resembled the surfboard in physical appearance. However, as more people started to sidewalk surf as a means of transportation, the first skateboard to resemble the modern one started to enter the market. In 1963, about 20 years later, the first skate park was created in Carlsbad, California in order to sanction carving competitions for those who had been looking for a more realistic approach similar to surfing. After the carving stages of skating through the 60s to 70s, skateboarding became popular among more of a cult following until certain bands like Blink-182, Five Finger Death Punch, and The Offspring put a new popularity on the skate culture. Skateboarding, both carving and flat ground, 
is now at its most popular following, with an estimated 16 million skaters in the US and 20 million worldwide. But why is skating still relevant, considering that surfing has been around for way longer and is less popular? To answer this question, I asked a local skate shop owner, Aaron Francis of Ohana Board Shop in Campbell, California, what makes skating so great? I think, uh, I think it's great. I've been doing it pretty much all my life. It's, uh, you don't have to have a whole team to go do it. Like you could just grab your board and go skate. Mm-hmm. You can go get your surfboard, go skate or go surf. But it also teaches you persistence. If you watch a skater, you're going to learn tricks. My son, for example, he's out there every day and he's doing trick after trick. He falls, he gets back up. So it teaches him to have grit. You know, um, there's just so many things that that's great. Transportation. You go to colleges now and and kids, that's how they get around. Mm. So there's just a ton of benefits. But merely surviving is different from thriving. Take for instance the 17 year old skater from the Bay Area, Alex Rowland. I've been skating for five years since sixth grade. And I used to be really good in skate all the time with my friends, and I had, and then I stopped once I got into high school, because there wasn't that much time on the weekends. I skate as much as I can. Uh, during the weekdays, it's really hard though because I have a lot of schoolwork, and school is just kind of an obstacle, and I can't really skate that much. Because- the fact that skaters like Alex, who wish they had time to enjoy their hobby but can't, are restricted by the inaccessibility of the sport is quite shocking. Skateboarding is a mobile sport, and the streets are perfect for practicing on flat ground. However, businesses and pedestrians often reprimand skaters for simply riding in their vicinity. Just two weeks ago, I was skating with a couple of my friends downtown just to grab a quick bite from Subway, and three ladies came up to us and yelled at us for skating in public. It's a public space. Public. You see the issue? Especially when it comes to a serious street skating, like doing tricks, people will actually take the skater's board and prevent them from skating due to the fact that skaters might skate in private property. If bikes are allowed to ride through the streets of transportation, why not skateboards? No, skating is, yeah, you should be able to skate wherever you, like if you want to just cruise and skate, you're not thrashing somebody's property. Yeah. Dude, there should, there should be no problem with that at all. Yeah. I think if you're int- intentionally like thrashing somebody's property, yeah, that's a problem. Of course. But if you're skating and have fun, I don't know, like hitting a rail, I don't think it's really thrashing it. Like you're hitting the rail and just sliding yeah. down it, right? For years, skaters have been portrayed by the public as hoodlums, emos, and druggies with no other option but to waste their lives away skating. In the very early stages of skating, a lot of gangs would own skate parks as a territorial showcase of their power, which naturally brought a lot of drugs and violence into the sport. But these were the very early days. That is where people like Aaron come in, to prevent these stereotypes from clogging up what skating offers for the people of all ages. And when I'd go into shops, even as a 10 year old with my parents, I would still get the attitude of, of the too cool guy, like you don't belong in here. And I was there to spend money. I wanted to buy stuff. And yet all the shops I was going to, or most of the shops I was going to, I would get a lot of like kickback from people like, oh, you know, bad ass side, hey, I'm gonna start my own thing, I'm gonna start a shop, and I'm gonna start a shop where people feel comfortable, and, you know, they're welcome, and that whole bit, and that's how a board shop first started. 
These stereotypes are no longer reflective of the skater base. 45% of the skater base are innocent teenagers who skate in groups, most going to skate parks or just skating on the driveway, not in the streets or doing crime. Additionally, when these stereotypes and pressure add pressure to skaters, a lot will quit and never skate again. The sad fact is only that 26% of skaters, disregarding the demographics, are core skaters, which means that the majority of children who started to skate have put down their boards due to the difficulty of finding time to skate at all in public. Hey, I've been there. I took a break for two years because I kept getting kicked out of street spots, and my school doesn't even permit me to skate. But in the end, stereotypes about skaters is not the biggest issue. If the popularity of skating would increase, stereotypes would naturally fade away, as the general consensus of skating will change to be a sport or a hobby rather than a delinquent activity. There's, there has to be a much bigger issue, right? It can't be solely off of stereotypes. The real problem that is preventing the growth of skating is the fear of liability. To further learn about liability, I asked the principal of Pinewood School in the Bay Area, California, Gabriel Lemon, why is school not a great place to skate for you? Even for, for me, or it's not for me, it's for, for everyone. everyone else. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm only going to state the obvious is that, that um, our hallways are not a skate park, and there's a time and a place for everything, and skating through, just imagine what it would be like I like I like envisioning this. Let's imagine <laughs> we have like twenty five people who like to skate through the halls. One would be I mean obviously it's just issues of safety. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that uh, that that uh, any skater knows that they've had the the occasion where the skateboard has flung out of their control in some random direction, and if someone were right there, their ankles would be um, greatly damaged. Skateboards are not allowed on campus technically, and but but the the thing is, is you and I made an agreement about what you could do with it. Exactly. And I was fine with it on the grass because they don't fling when they're on the grass, um, and the people around you know what you're doing, and so um, everything was fine there. You shouldn't have it taken from me. And if I need to put a little uh, note and we can tape it on your board with my <laughs> signature on it. Maybe we could do that. Yeah. But but so long as is that's the case, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have it taken. Most state governments ban skating on commercial property, or to put it in basic terms, a private or public business that could be held responsible for any injuries on campus. This is reasonable, considering that skating is a dangerous activity with fatal head neck injuries, accounting for about 20% of the total injuries from skating according to the polls of hospitals transcontinentally. However, possible solutions exist to make sure that liability won't be a suppressing factor in skateboarding. Already in certain states like North Carolina or Arizona, there are liability laws called the General Immunity Laws that's a state, that state a skater may street skate at a given location, one, if they don't damage the property, and two, they can't sue if they get hurt. Most street skaters do not damage property while skating, and even basic grinds on the rails don't do much but possibly scratch it. I don't know, like hitting a rail? I don't think it's really thrashing it. Like you're hitting the rail and just sliding yeah. down it, right? So bottom line, in order to augment the accessibility of skating, we would have to have some sort of city consensus 
on implementing immunity laws, which do work and would be fair for both the skater and the property owner, that is if the skater is skating near a property. Street skating should always be allowed publicly, so if anything, immunity laws won't give the skaters too much power. But the first step to getting skating popularized is cracking the school board, since the majority of our skating youth spends on average 7 hours a day there. It is nearly impossible to skate at school anymore, with liability trumping skating. It is here where immunity laws could apply as well, in order to build a foundation of trust among the directors and the youth skaters. Also, many teachers and athletic directors fail to identify skating as a sport. Well, it's, it doesn't matter what I consider it. Uh, I, I don't even know if I consider golf a sport. Therefore, in order to make known the benefits of skating, several organizations have been made to host assemblies at school, promoting skating as a sport with therapeutic values. What therapeutic values does skating have? This is the case for Pushing Borders, who you can check out right now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on pushingborders.com. They have been touring schools for a few years now, explaining how skating can reinvigorate the youth and save people from loneliness. Skating brings together people, and Pushing Borders has been successful in hosting assemblies to not only have an impact in children's lives, but allow teachers to get a sense of really what skating can do for the lives of our youth. But Pushing Borders isn't the only way organizations have been involving skating in school systems. In Southern California, some schools have created a small, club-driven SoCal Skate League of seven teams. The best skaters from the school can compete in this league for fun, and potential sponsorships as well. Also, the school sanctioned the retrospective skate parks, allowing anybody from the school to come to the park and grind as an extracurricular activity. Now, these leagues are expensive, and most certainly won't be in a position to be imminent statewide anytime soon. But it's a sign, at least, that skating does have a chance to be part of a school and be used as a positive, persona-building sport versus the dangerous, pointless activity some think it to be. Do you think that's like those, you don't, you, you really know that it's a, like an individual sort of um, place, it's like an individual learning curve. Do you think that's only if you skate you can sort of realize that? Or do you think other, other people, let's say these people who get mad at you for no reason, do you think there's any way of conveying it to them? Or like letting them know that skating is a real thing, it's like a sport, people enjoy it. That's the thing that, that it's not what they think it'll be of like, just disrespectful kids. Yeah. Essentially, because I think that's what it is with skateboarders that they think that they think like the most negative part of it. Mm. But that's a good question because we go to schools and we'll do like after school programs. Yeah. And we're doing that. We're trying to convince the school that it's not something that's like that's negative. It's actually something that's positive in that whole thing of of teaching the kids to be persistent and, and all that. So yeah, it, it can be taught to people for sure if all they right. actually want to listen. Allowing skating in the school board will be a great step in allowing the future skaters every opportunity to, con to continue what they love. But just like how skateboarding requires determination and time, it will take time to be successful. All we can do is just keep pushing, jumping over obstacles, passing the problems until we reach our destination. Skating anywhere, anytime, just how you want it.